Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. You'd think that finding gold on your property would mean the end of all your troubles. But for one John Sutter, it was just about the worst thing that could have happened. In the 1800s, Sutter was an entrepreneur and owned a large tract of land in California. He hired a carpenter named James Marshall to build a water wheel for a mill on his property. Then, in 1848, Marshall discovered flakes of gold in the river. Although the two men tried to keep the find a secret, they failed miserably, especially after an enterprising gentleman named Sam Brennan paraded around with a vial of gold and announced the whereabouts of the new discovery. He himself didn't go prospecting. He knew of a smarter way to make his fortune, as we'll see. In just four years, by 1852, Sutter would be bankrupt, his property overrun, and his livestock stolen by avaricious prospectors. 
it's hard to exaggerate the enormity of the gold rush's impact on California. In a few short years, it transformed from a sparsely populated, newly acquired territory of the United States to a fully formed state with a thriving economy. Between 1848 and 1849 alone, the influx of settlers exploded from just 400 to 90,000. To accommodate the flood of 49ers, as these would-be gold miners came to be called, a gold mining town sprung up all over. Shops, saloons, brothels, and other businesses set up to serve the 49ers and make some money of their own. Chaos and disorder were common, as were gambling and violence. San Francisco became the center of this booming new economy. For the indigenous peoples who lived there, it was an unmitigated disaster. Thousands of new immigrants pushed the native populations off their land, depriving them of their hunting grounds. Violent confrontations broke out, and the newcomers slaughtered as many as 16,000 of California's first peoples in what amounted to state-sanctioned genocide. The vast majority of the early gold rush immigrants were men, or at least they appeared to be. There are numerous recorded instances in which women dressed as men. For the article this episode is based on, Hostoff Works spoke via email with Claire Sears, an associate professor of sociology at San Francisco State University. As she said, This phenomenon was so common in Gold Rush, California, that when a newspaper photographer advertised for a lad to help him, he was compelled to specify that no young women in disguise need apply. Many of these prospectors did well, at first. There was a lot of gold to be found. There are estimates that over the course of the gold rush, some 1,750 pounds, that's about 795 kilos, of this buttery metal were unearthed. But few people were able to hold on to their newfound wealth. Life in a boomtown was notoriously expensive, and there were so many ways to lose what you'd found, alcohol, brothels, and gambling being the chief enticements. Still, there were a few characters who got rich and stayed that way. One of them was George Hearst, the father of publishing magnate William Randolph Hearst. By the time he died, George Hearst was worth $19 million, which is a considerable fortune today and was worth the equivalent of over half a billion in today's money at that time. But interestingly, Hearst didn't prospect for gold when he arrived in California. Instead, he mined quartz. Building on his earnings, he went on to invest in silver mines across the country, amassing a vast fortune and ending up a U.S. senator. Meanwhile, one Jean-Baptiste Charbonneau probably didn't strike it rich, but he must have made enough to afford the exorbitant cost of living in gold-crazed California because he stuck it out for years and ended up running a hotel there. Charbonneau was an intriguing figure, in part because he was the son of the famous Sacagawea and a Frenchman by the name of Toussaint Charbonneau. As an infant, he was with his parents on the Lewis and Clark expedition, and after his mother's death, he was adopted by Clark. One of Charbonneau's fellow prospectors ended up running the hotel with him. The man's name was Jim Beckworth, and his story is at least as intriguing. Also, he's the only Black person to have published an autobiography in those days in the American West. He did tend to exaggerate a bit. He was known for spinning a good yarn. But his story goes like this. Born into slavery, Beckworth was freed by his master, who was also his father, and headed west, where he became a successful fur trapper. Living with the Crow Nation for years, he married the daughter of a chief and fought with them, 
rising to the level of war chief. He may have discovered what's now known as the Beckworth Pass through the Sierra Nevada Mountains, and he helped establish a Native American trail that's now known as the Beckworth Trail, which thousands followed on their way to California. But the people who really made money on the California gold rush were merchants. Take Levi Strauss. When he heard news of the California gold rush, he headed to San Francisco, where he established his wholesale dry goods business in 1853. Then, in 1872, Strauss partnered with one of his customers, a tailor from Reno, Nevada, by the name of Jacob Davis, who was designing heavy cotton work pants with rivets hammered in the corner pockets to make them more durable. Levi Strauss and company couldn't sell enough of their waist-high overalls to the miners, lumberjacks, and farmers. And, well, you know the rest of the story. And remember Sam Brennan from the beginning of this episode? Uh, The one who basically kicked off the gold rush by parading around with that vial of precious metal? Rather than staking a claim on the gold, Brennan bought up all the equipment that prospectors would need, and then, when the rush began, resold the merchandise at a steep markup. His store made enormous profits, selling as much as $5,000 in goods per day to miners. That's some $155,000 a day in today's money. He became California's first millionaire. Today's episode is based on the article, Who Really Struck It Rich During the California Gold Rush? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Osin Karan. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.